your host, Georgia Dostal, and this is the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. This is the podcast where we chat mindset, self-development, the power of movement, nutrition, small business, goal setting, and of course, the power of ballet, and most importantly, finding balance within this beautiful art form. Now, most episodes contain a behind the scenes into my life as a soon-to-be mum, running two businesses, GC Dance for school-age students and Balanced Ballerinas for adult ballet students. And I've also interviewed some pretty amazing guests on here. And it's my hope that these conversations really help you strive for that balance between grit and grace that the magic of a regular ballet practice can bring to our daily lives. So every fortnight, this podcast is brought to you by Balanced Ballerinas Academy, my in-person adult ballet classes and online courses. All links to my online courses and in-person classes can be found in the show notes of this episode or head to balanceballerinas.com for further information about joining our wonderful community. So today we are going to be talking about three reasons why ballet is so difficult, but so rewarding. Now, before we even begin, I have this joke with my students that when they're being hard on themselves in class, I will just like say in the middle of an exercise, I'll stop the music and I'll go, guys, you all could have chosen an easier hobby. (laughs) which always gets a few giggles and gets them out of their heads. Look, I've been using that joke for like 10 years, I think by now, and people still get a bit of a giggle out of it. But look, it helps my students get out of their head. And just by saying like, yeah, you could have chosen an easier hobby, but you all decided to show up at the bar, put your hand on that bar and just allow me to take you through a ballet class, which let's face it is so, so difficult. Um, Now, before we dive into the three deeper reasons why ballet is so difficult, I have three simpler ones for you just to start us off. It's like a like a taster, an entree. (laughs) Okay. now, number one, you're not just learning ballet, you also learn musicality. So, I mean, I guess this breaks it down as to why ballet is not a sport necessarily. And sometimes I argue for it to be a sport, but it depends on the day or the mood. (laughs) But in this case, um, it's definitely not a sport because you also have to learn musicality. So if you think about other things, the only other activities, maybe gymnastics or synchronized swimming or anything where you have to do it in time with the music as well. Um, There's not many, yes, and everything that I just named then is incredibly hard. So you also have to learn musicality. Super tricky. Um, I know that this is something that people really have to focus on. I'm super lucky. I was kind of born with really good musicality, so I don't know what it's like to have to learn it. It's sort of like it was just inherently built into me. Um, But I know that that's not um, the case for most people. So when you're learning ballet, you're also opening up a whole can of worms and learning musicality. Number two, not only do you have to learn the steps and combinations, but you have to make them look effortless. So imagine you are like a javelin thrower. Let's go with that, hey? You are throwing that javelin and it doesn't matter about what it looks like, yeah? As long as you throw it the furthest, farthest, (laughs) whatever the word is there. Now, Ballet is completely different to that because how you get from A to B is just as important as the finishing pose at B. 
Do you know what I mean? So you have to make it look beautiful and effortless and graceful. You can't just clump your way from point A to point B. You actually have to put put some real beauty behind it. So that's my number two little um, reason. Number three, there's a huge focus, and this sort of relates to number two, on what the movement looks like. Yes. So... Like I said in number two, you have to make it look effortless. So you're not allowed to make it look like hard work. (laughs) Okay. Number three is that you have to really focus on what it looks like. So getting from point A to point B and how does the movement look? What do you look like whilst you're doing it? Yes. So is it a soft piece? Is it a sharper piece? Is it a bit more dramatic? You know, there's always a vibe, like I always say to my students, there's always a vibe or a mood to do with an exercise. Think about it like this. Your plie exercise is completely different to your grand batman exercise. They've got different vibes. So you have to focus on what the movement looks like. And again, kind of relating back to point number one, how the music influences that movement and what it looks like. So they're my three little entrees before we dive deep into three deeper reasons why ballet is so difficult. But, but because of these, it's why it's so incredibly rewarding. So we're going to talk about physical demands. So ballet requires a lot of strength and flexibility and coordination, which can take time to develop, which is why I'm always talking about, you know, perseverance and patience. Yeah, dancers must train consistently to maintain their technique and stamina and even small mistakes in form can lead to injuries. So that's why I'm always talking about consistency. Yeah, you can't just show up to an advanced ballet class once a blue moon. You know, you have to show up at least fortnightly. Um, so that you can avoid injuries. Now, number two is the mental discipline. So we're going to talk about how ballet not only challenges the body, but also the mind. So dancers must not only memorize choreography, but also learn to develop focus and maintain control throughout exercises and performances, which the mental discipline is why I think it's so fabulous when school-age students learn ballet because it really sets them up and it sort of seeps into other areas of their academic schooling life. So super important. Number three, perceived perfectionism. So now this is a big one. We're going to talk about how ballet attracts perfectionists and a perfectionist by definition has excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluations. I'm putting my hand up and saying, that is me. (laughs) And I think you can all know by now after 100, and this will be 101 episodes, um, that that is definitely uh, me to a T. So, and it's probably you too, because ballet does attract perfectionists. And this can manifest as criticism of self and others, And in attempts to control situations and people, we're going to talk about that. But the demand for perfection and the emphasis on physical appearance can lead to body image issues and other mental health concerns. So perceived perfectionism um, is a tricky one um, that we're going to have a chat about. So let's start off with unpacking the physical demands. 
So ballet is a physically demanding art form that requires a lot of strength, like I said, flexibility and coordination. And so let's break down these physical demands further because I don't want people to look at that and go, well, that's why I'm not going to start my, for example, adult ballet journey because I don't have any strength, I don't have any flexibility, and I don't have any coordination. (laughs) Okay, not many people do before they begin. Yes, they should not be a roadblock. They should be something to aspire to. So strength. Ballet requires a lot of strength, particularly in the legs, the core and feet and dancers really must be able to hold themselves in challenging positions and if they're boys they might be doing some pas de deux, some lifts that requires lots of strength and the repetitive nature of many ballet movements means that muscles must be trained to withstand frequent use and so again that's why I'm always talking about consistency being key and this can take time to develop which is why patience is key. And some dancers who lack consistency may struggle with building enough strength to execute certain movements. So sometimes I find that students, either they're an absolute newbie to perhaps adult ballet, um, or I even find this with my school age students, they might be new to ballet at say the age of 12. And after a couple of weeks, literally like two or three weeks, they're like, this is so hard, I can't do it. Now, Usually the people that they're in class with, whether you're a school-age student or an adult, have been consistently coming for years, yeah? And that's why I say that ballet is a lifelong love affair. Um, It's not something you can pick up and put down. And I always say to students that you'll only really start beginning to see a little bit of difference in your strength and flexibility and coordination after five to ten lessons, depending on what your baseline was when you started. So you cannot expect your strength to feel amazing after like one lesson. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't happen straight away. It really requires um, consistency. So for example, let's take a part of ballet, which requires lots of strength, but is so important and ultimately so rewarding feet. Yep. So feet, your feet and your calf rises. Let me phrase it like this. In my beginner adult ballet classes, I say to people, when we do our calf rises, I'll often bring up, if this is your first class and you walk away and you decide ballet's not for you, but you take one thing away, and that's doing 16 calf rises a day, your life will be far better off, (laughs) far better off. Because if you can develop lower leg strength, especially in your old age, you'll be less susceptible to falls and injury, which is why most elderly people end up in hospital or bedridden because they have a really bad fall. And we always hear about this, they have a really bad fall and they're not able to recover. Now, I always use my Nana as a really perfect example. She used to stumble and fall over all the time (laughs) and she still does from time to time. But since starting ballet classes about six years ago, I truly believe, because I walk with her every single Friday, every single Friday we go for quite a big walk. Her balance, her coordination and her lower leg strength has improved drastically. 
and she doesn't fall over and wobble as much as she used to. And that is just one example. My students tell me all the time about how their ballet has helped them, especially move into, you know, an old age bracket where the body starts doing some funky things. <laughs> yes. And so if, so if you do absolutely no other ballet classes but one and you take something away, it's cuff rises and do those for the rest of your life and you are set. Yeah. So, so important. But if you do attend classes regularly and you begin your ballet journey and continue on, um, you can up those calf rises. You're essentially doing calf rises every time we rise onto demi point. And that lower leg strength just becomes even more strong and even more able to really just tackle whatever life throws at you. So that is why it is so rewarding to slowly and consistently build up that beautiful strength to not only achieve beautiful certain balletic movements, but also so that you can walk through life with confidence that if you take a, st a stumble or a fall, it's not the end of the world. Now let's talk about flexibility. Ballet also requires a lot of flexibility, particularly in the hips, the back and the legs. And dancers must be able to achieve a wide range of motion and hold kind of positions that require like a deep stretch. And flexibility training can be intense and a little bit uncomfortable at times. I'm just thinking about when I put my students into a deep lunge in a port bra. <laughs> it's like, ooh, now I've got to get back up. And um, some dancers may be, you know, predisp uh, predisposed to certain limitations due to their anatomy or genetics, which is always really important to say. Now, I don't want everyone to think I'm not flexible, therefore I shouldn't be doing ballet. The beauty of ballet is that it will increase your flexibility over time. And I don't think people talk about this enough. I think people think you either have to be flexible before you begin ballet or they have to do flexibility training on top of what they're already doing in class. Now, we shouldn't be stretching before class when the muscles are not warm and we haven't done a full class. It's fabulous if you've got the time to do a little bit of a stretch after class or towards the end in between exercises because as we all know in a class situation with the group um, there's time in between exercises to do some some gentle stretching but again and I sound like a broken record consistency and patience is key and just by simply attending a ballet class once a week for 52 weeks of the year your flexibility will improve Yep, so don't think you need to do three, four, five, seven days a week of ballet classes to improve flexibility. Um, absolutely not. Yeah, so a ballet class, think about when you take a port de bras forward, a combre. So you take a big port de bras forward, nice big stretch. You feel your hamstrings, you know, you feel your back release. You let your head go heavy, which pulls you down a little bit further. And then you roll up through the spine, really beautiful for um, your anatomy and for your spinal health. And before you know it, over time, six months, year, two, three, four, five years, your flexibility is just out of sight compared to when you started and the other thing that makes ballet tricky is developing coordination so a lot of people it's so funny people say to me for example if they meet me and they ask what I do for a living and they're like oh ballet teacher oh I've got no coordination whatsoever and it always makes me laugh 
um, you you don't necessarily start with fabulous coordination. And in fact, you should see me outside of the studio. I'm not that coordinated. I run into walls and all sorts of things. In the studio, I'm pretty coordinated. (laughs) But outside the studio, in general day-to-day human life, not so fabulous. Um, But ballet demands a high level of coordination. And because of that demand, your body jumps into gear. And because as dancers, we must be able to execute movements involving many different parts of the body at the same time. So, for example, when you come to my beginner class, we start learning plies with two hands on the bar. But when you move into intermediate and advanced, and sometimes in the beginner classes, we move into plies where we use the arms as well. And so the arms have to coordinate with what the legs are doing. And this can be really challenging, especially for beginners who may struggle to really understand how to properly engage their muscles and move with fluidity. And as dancers progress, they will need to develop their ability to perform complex sequences with this coordination, with precision and grace. So again, talking about how we need to make things look beautiful as we do them. Now, my second point is mental discipline. So The reasons why ballet is so difficult, mental discipline. So let's unpack it. Focus. Ballet requires a lot of mental focus, um, particularly during complex sequences or performances, if that's what you do. Dancers must be able to really maintain their concentration and stay present in the moment, which is why I love calling ballet moving meditation, because it forces you to stay present in the moment. And It forces you to do that even if you're tired or distracted. Um, I always say to my students, like if we did a particularly tricky exercise, wow, well, you didn't have time to think about the washing or what's for dinner tonight, did you? (laughs) Yes. So it helps you remain present and really uh, fine tunes that focus. And to build that focus, if you do find your mind sort of wandering in class, you know, I always suggest dancers to practice like a meditation or visualization techniques to really just help them stay, stay centered. Um, if you find yourself, your mind wandering, don't beat yourself up. Oh gosh, why is my mind wandering? Why am I thinking about what's for dinner tonight? Think about, okay, why am I thinking about that? I've just paid good money for this class. I've got, you know, no phone on me, no family bugging me. <laughs> You know, I've stepped into this year for an hour. This is my me time. Yeah. Take a nice big breath in. Nice big breath out. And then move on to the next exercise. Yeah. Okay. So unpacking mental discipline. Perseverance is in here. So, you know, ballet, like I said, you could have picked an easier hobby. It's a very challenging art form and like I said it's not something you can pick up and put down yeah it's not something that you can sort of just do a little bit here and then two years later do another few classes and then two years later do another it doesn't work like that it's a lifelong love affair and dancers must be able to really persevere through difficult times so this can include setbacks in training maybe um Something's going on in life which you can't quite get to class or perhaps you move somewhere where, you know, there's no ballet classes available. Um, You can always 
head to balancedballerines.com and do some online training with me if that's your case. I have many students that are in that position. Um, or you might have some setbacks, you know, some mental challenges or physical challenges. You may have been injured from going for a run, you know. I've, I very, very, I will proudly say I put my hand up, very rarely have anyone injured from my ballet classes. Usually when they're injured, they are injured from they're injured from two things, either something completely unrelated outside of the studio or they never came to class for like a year and then they show up to an advanced class. <laughs> like not a good idea. Yep. So to develop perseverance, uh, dancers just, you know, you really need to work on building mental resilience and a positive outlook, you know. So knowing that if you start your ballet journey, it's not going to be all roses, it's going to throw you some challenges, but that is what makes it so damn beautiful. Yeah. And that's what makes you a stronger human. If we continue unpacking mental discipline, self-motivation. So ballet dancers must be pretty self-motivated as they often have to practice, you know, for long hours and develop some kind of um, consistency. What I mean by that Um, practice for long hours isn't like every week I want you in the studio four hours a day that's not what I mean practicing long hours as in you are attending regularly classes that are in line with your goals so for example say you have an adult ballet performance coming up you can't just show up to the the, um, performance class where you know you learn the choreography you have to also show up to all the rehearsals beforehand yep so you have to show up to all the rehearsals beforehand um, and you also have to make sure that you are attending class regularly so a regular open class to remain conditioned with your body and you know doing your regular plies tondus etc exercises on top of that choreography Um, if you are wanting to do point work you know point work does require at least two ballet classes and one point class a week that is really the minimum for successful point work I have some students do less um, but I just gently explain to them then that their progress will be a little bit slower so self-motivation that's in line with your goals um, is super super important and I always say this that you know, mood follows action. So most of the time we are not motivated. We do not want to get up. We don't want to get going. We actually have to just go. Yes, <laughs> you have to just go. And then, you know, when sometimes you don't really feel like going to class and then you leave class and you're like, oh my God, I feel amazing. I'm so glad I did that. Because mood follows action. Yes, I stole that quote from Rich Roll, who's an amazing athlete and podcaster. But I love that quote, mood follows action. And motivation will probably look different for school age students and adults. So that's also super important to note. Um, emotional control. So ballet can be a really emotional art form. We can get really emotional about it. And dancers, you know, must be able to control their emotions in order to perform effectively. Um, This could involve managing, you know, stage fright 
um, staying composed in high pressure situations. Like you might not like the end of class when we do a big grand allegro across the floor and that might just completely tip you over the edge. But learning how to um, effectively manage that and understanding how to convey complex emotions through movement. So I was talking before about the vibe, yes, of exercises. So a plie exercise has a completely different vibe to a grand batmon. Now, because we've got that added layer of music on top of it, so which is really interesting. I've played pieces of music and I've watched a student do their plie exercise with tears streaming down their face. And they go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> After class, they're like, I really... Um, just that song gets me every time it was my dad's funeral song or it was my wedding song or you know because we are doing an activity where there's just it's highly emotional (laughs) so you know mental discipline can be really tricky in ballet because we're also learning to control our emotions um and that self-regulation yeah so this so this is why you know, this can be a problem, but it also is incredibly rewarding. Um, Ballet can teach us to self-regulate. Yeah. So it can really help us in moving feelings and thoughts through and out the body and processing them. You know, again, whilst, while, why I call, (laughs) whilst, why, why I call ballet moving meditation. Yeah. Um, That's why I think when children learn ballet, you know, it's it's such an amazing experience for them to begin self-regulation tools at such an early age. Now, I'm on to my third. Okay, let's unpack the perceived perfectionism of ballet. So, like I said, you know, ballet usually attracts perfectionists and ballet dancers often chase perfectionism striving to execute movements flawlessly and really just achieve the ideal artistic expression. And while this pursuit can be motivating and inspiring, it can also become a double-edged sword, causing just so much stress and anxiety, hampering, you know, lots of creativity and really just leading to frustration and burnout. That's been something that I've had to really balance throughout my life is really ensuring that I you know, rein the perfectionism in and avoid what I just spoke about, frustration and burnout. And so here are some points related to the idea of chasing perfectionism in ballet dance, uh, in ballet classes. And I wanted to include this because I have quite a few students in mind when I'm giving this advice. Yeah. So the pursuit of perfectionism. So Ballet is a technical art form, and yes, it demands a high level of precision and control. But dancers often view themselves as works in progress and continually try to perfect their technique, aiming to execute movements with greater beauty, balance, and fluidity. Now, I have students who don't leave it in the studio. And this is why this is how I think we achieve balance in ballet. Work through it, process it, enjoy it, you know, find the value in the challenge and then walk out those studio doors and leave it there. Yep. This podcast is not necessarily talking to professional dancers. 
This is talking to teachers of ballet. This is talking to students of ballet, parents of ballet students, yes? So we don't need to leave the studio and continue thinking about class, yep? So I've had students come out and have complete meltdowns, like adult students, (laughs) about not being able to get a particular step. And they're like, I need to book in private lessons. I need to do this. I need to come to more classes. I need to. No, you don't. Take a big breath. Again, remember that ballet is a lifelong love affair. And that particular hard step that you struggled with, we will continue, you know, repeating it when it comes up in class. And one day it's just going to click. Yes. And you're going to go, oh, my God, I finally got it. Yes. Never forget that feeling when you get something and you go, oh my gosh, I've been like, every ballet student knows that. I've been trying to do that for like two years, yeah? That feeling, yes, that's what we're chasing. So don't chase perfectionism, chase that feeling of accomplishment, yeah? But also know that it takes time, yes? And focusing, like really just like, ridiculously focusing and drilling in and zoning in on one oh my gosh I cannot get that step I need a full you know two hour private to go through it you do not yes in fact that kind of focus um, that pursuit of perfectionism that instant gratification is so harmful yeah for your mental health so just next time you're finding yourself sort of falling into that kind of mental state in class and you're like oh my gosh after class I need to talk to my teacher I need to get privates I need to do this I need to do that I need to do more practice at home no walk out that door think of three things that you just found joyous during class have a chat to a friend yes oh what are you doing on the weekend you know completely disassociate yourself from what happened in class and walk out with a little bit more balance yeah okay because while aiming for excellence like is critical you know in in the pursuit of being a more optimized human becoming like I said too fixated on perfectionism can really just have really negative consequences and I see this with students all the time and I can only imagine what it's like in studios where there is no philosophy of balance I mean mine is the most balance driven studio ever I mean balance ballerinas um, and even our school-aged program is very driven on achieving balance within their little lives and I still see students you know um, striving perfection and um, and and you know consequently having negative consequences so you know ballet dancers who chase perfectionism can suffer from anxiety and low confidence and a constant sense of dissatisfaction and may harm their mental health and I do have a few students that like I said spring to mind when I think of this flip side of perfectionism and I sometimes it's like I can't get through to them yeah so I'm going to take some adult ballet examples so I've got a couple of students where they learned ballet as a child in a very very different environment to my studio like I said we couldn't be more about balance if we tried they learned ballet in like a real strict, um, you know, incredibly forceful, you must do this and you must do that and this is the way it is and you need to work at 160% every class. Otherwise, you're, you know, not, you're worthless. Now, what happens is when those kinds of students 
come back to ballet as an adult, they expect that same kind of rigor. And so it is my job, but my God, it's a hard job to try and knock that out of them. That coming to a ballet class is about artistic expression and community and lifestyle and moving our body and finding joy. And not every class is going to be joyous. Some you might be in a funky mood and that that is what it is. But there's always going to be something that made you smile, even just for a little bit. Yes, and finding the joy and chasing that beautiful grace and grit. Yeah, so super important. Um, Let's have a look here. I've written a few notes for this episode, but I'm really just like going for it. Just whatever's at the top of my mind. (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's talk about refraining. So reframing perfectionism, like it's really essential to recognize that perfectionism isn't inherently bad bad because I don't think it's inherently bad like I think it can produce some really motivated human beings but it's about how we manage it Um, I've gotten better at this much better at this over time but by reframing it from an external validation driven mindset to an internal growth mindset I'll say that again super important so those students that I'm thinking about I hope you're listening I want you to reframe from an external validation-driven mindset to an internal growth mindset. You know, do some journaling. Why are you doing ballet? Are you doing it because you want everyone to think you're amazing? Oh my gosh, she does ballet? Like, or, you know, are you doing it because it benefits your body and your mind and your mental health? Super important to distinguish why you're doing ballet. Because that's going to help you reframe your perfectionism. And dancers can view perfectionism as a healthy sense of excellence that they aspire to achieve rather than, I guess, like a relentless pursuit to meet, you know, externally imposed ideals, you know. So if a student, a young student, for example, let's take them, for example, if they're doing ballet to make their mum happy, Well, that's not why they should be doing ballet. (laughs) They should be doing ballet because it brings them some joy. Yeah, so super important. And of course, you knew I was going to end this episode about talking about finding balance. (laughs) So I talk about this all the time. So let's keep it short and sweet. Finding balance is really just essential. I think it's so essential in ballet training and knowing when to push ourselves and when to accept our limitations is really just so necessary for optimal learning and mental well-being whether you're an adult ballerina or a school-age student doesn't matter the focus should be really about progress not perfection and accepting that we are all human beings with strengths and weaknesses so that's what i wanted to talk about today and it took me a while actually to put this episode together because it was kind of all different ideas on jotted down on a paper and I was like how do I just sort of summarize this or how do we okay three reasons why ballet is so difficult (laughs) yes what makes ballet so difficult what are some roadblocks but as you can see from each it these, these are also why ballet is so rewarding you know so the physical demands that ballet demands of you is why it's so rewarding because you build this beautiful strong body that can just take on the world mental discipline you know that's why ballet is so hard 
But it's so rewarding because if you can learn to self-regulate, that is that is key. Add that with the physical demands and you're on to a winner. That's why I love ballet so much. In case you hadn't worked out by now. <laughs> and then we did have a big chat about perceived perfectionism. So a lot of the ballet world, there's so much perceived perfectionism. And when we begin, you know, we sort of get, we can get sucked into, which is, which is what makes your ballet practice so difficult is we can get sucked into that notion of like, oh my gosh, I'm, I have to be perfect to deserve to be here standing at the bar. Absolutely not. I want you to reframe that perfectionism. I want you to take a little bit because a little bit, I do believe a little bit is healthy. A little bit can be incredibly motivating. But like I said, do some journaling. You know, why do you do ballet? Is it externally driven or is it internally driven? I'd love it to be internally driven for you and you'll find just so much more joy. And like I said, the focus should be about progress, not perfecting and really just accepting that, again, we're all human beings. We've all got our flaws. And like I always say, ballet is a lifelong love affair. And that is why you have to just like shop to every class and enjoy the ride. Anyway, I hope you've gotten something out of this episode. I love to do these every now and then just to give you a bit of a motivation, a bit of motivation to get into the studio and just remind yourself, you know, that you are doing something incredibly hard. I will leave this episode on what I say in my classes. You could have chosen an easier hobby, (laughs) but perhaps not as rewarding. Have a wonderful week filled with lots of peace and plies and I'll see you, talk to you in the next episode. Bye. (laughs) 